Hi, and welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that as you listen, you will be both encouraged and challenged to step into what God has in store for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Well, this is a special morning, right? Like I said earlier, we're here to celebrate uh, the gift of God, Jesus Christ. And uh, we're all together. We we only have one service this morning. And uh, beforehand, before we uh, were hit by COVID, um, we were planning to have three services. So this is where we're all together uh, to celebrate uh, the work of Christ. And uh, I think it's, it's a great moment. It's a great time for us to do this. Uh, we have so much to be grateful for. I think it's amazing for the church to celebrate the gift of God. Actually, when it comes to the church itself, it's, uh, it's the weekend, right? Everything, rev- everything revolves around the fact that Jesus came to die and to uh, lay his life uh, down for us so that we can be reconciled with the Father. Um, it's really a time of worship and a time to be thankful. And that's, that's what I, I hope that your environment is right now, that you would realize or that you would uh, be grateful and thankful for this day and for what it means, right? So we're called to, we'll have communion later on in remembrance of what he has done for us. And uh, so we want to have a focus on, on worship and praise. And I know that we had uh, John and Julie just earlier that led us in a time of praise and worship. And I think we have to incorporate thanksgiving and, 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 and praise and worship when it comes to Good Friday. So if we, look, if we go back at the first Passover, because before it was called Easter, it was called Passover. And actually, it really means Passover. The Israelites were captive in, in Egypt for uh, 400 years plus. And they were enslaved by Pharaoh, by, uh, by, by the Egyptians. And, and uh, God had a plan to rescue them, to set them free through Moses. And uh, this is where it all starts. This is where uh, Passover was born, or, or the first time that they had Passover, was when uh, God sent the plagues over Egypt. And the reason why plagues um, came upon the Egyptians is because of the hardness of the heart of Pharaoh. Pharaoh did not want to let his people go because God has appointed Moses to go to Egypt and to lead his people out of Egypt so that God would make a, um, a people. And from that people and have a land, the Messiah would come. So it was all the setting up of the coming of the Messiah. So what happened is that uh, when it came to the 10 plagues of Egypt, um, the last one was the worst because this is where God was going to um, pass the angel of death in every home or the angel of death would pass in every home and uh, the firstborn male would die. And so, so God gave this instruction to the Israelites to take a lamb and to, uh, and to put the blood or to smear the, the blood of the lamb on the posts of their doors. And when the angel of death would pass or when death would pass, they would be, um, they would be preserved. And uh, so, so that was kind of the mandate at the end uh, of uh, the 10 plagues or the last plague before, just before they left for the desert, uh, before they crossed the Red Sea, uh, they've experienced, they've saw the last plague. And, and like I said, the reason why the plagues were there, it was because of, um, of the sin and the rebellion of, of Pharaoh. So when it comes to the Passover, it means passing over, uh, being um, freed from the judgment, being, being protected or preserved from the judgment. And this is what Jesus came to do, right? So 
Jesus is called the Lamb of God. And, and when John the Baptist, later on, when Jesus was walking on earth, when he saw him pass by, he says, this is the Lamb of the Lord. This is the Lamb of God that, wa that washes our sins away, that will, wa that will take our sins away or take the sin of the world. So when we look at Passover, it's a, it's a picture, a type of, of Jesus that took on himself or, or sins. And, and uh, he's the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of humanity. And the Father gave his firstborn, his only son, so that we can be reconciled with the Father. So when we look at the first um, Passover, it's really a message of, of uh, salvation and a message of, of freedom. So if we look at, at, the, at the last week, or if we have a snapshot of the last week, um, that started the Sunday before on Palm Sunday, we see Jesus entering Jerusalem. And this is where the disciples of the crowd, the crowd was there, and they were singing Hosanna, and also uh, shouting, Blesses he who comes in the name of the Lord. And this is where the Pharisees wanted to quiet his disciples. And this is where Jesus says, said, If they don't worship, then the stones will. So, so it started with uh, the entry of Jesus in Jerusalem. On Monday, it was the cleansing of the temple. This is where Jesus said, My house, the house, this house will be a, a house of prayer. My, my father's house will be a house of prayer. And on Tuesday, we see him um, dealing with the Pharisees, confronting the, the Pharisees, and also giving a teaching on the end times. Wednesday, it was quiet. And this is where it all starts on Thursday. It started in the upper room where Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. This is where also um, we see the Last Supper where he broke bread and drank uh, the wine with his disciples. And then they went to Gethsemane and all night they prayed. And this is where we see Jesus experiencing the agony and uh, knowing what was going to happen. This is where he asked his disciples to, play, to pray with him. And this is where they fell asleep three times. And after that, it was followed by the, the betrayal of his disciple Judah. So then we moved to Friday, and early in the morning, um, he was trialed. He, went to, he, he had his first trial with the religious, religious leaders. And then he was sent to Pilate, and then to Herod, and then to Pilate again. And this is where he was beaten, where he was flagellated with a flagrum. And I'd like to give you a picture of the flagrum how that looks. Little snapshot of it. This is what they used to, uh, uh, to hit the Lord. And so as you see this picture, uh, some had three braids and some had more. And uh, they, they would put uh, pieces of steel, whatever would be sharp bones, pieces of bones. And they would rip the back of, of, uh, of the prisoner or uh, the guilty person. And this is what happened to Jesus. So flag flagellation was a huge thing. It was uh, actually, it was a way to kill someone. So Jesus really went through through sentence of death, crucifixion, but also through the flagellation. So after this, he was crowned with thorns, mocked and ridiculed. And he experienced death by crucifixion between two thieves. Um, and he experienced separation from his father, where uh, this is where he says, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? So this is what we're celebrating today, if we can say it a celebration. It's really what Jesus did and what Jesus 
um, what, what he gave up and he gave his life. So Good Friday reveals the love of God for us. It's, ama- it's an amazing love, right? What we're celebrating today, it's the love that God has for humanity. And this is where John 3.16 comes so real, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so whoever believes in him can have eternal life. And this is why Jesus came. He came to lay his life down so we can be reconciled with him. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is found in Jeremiah 33 verse, uh, 31, verse 3. Sorry, It says, The Lord appeared to us in the past, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with an everlasting kindness. And, and I like how it says that the Lord appeared to us in the past. So many times God showed and expressed his, uh, his love for us and his, his desire to be with us. Through the history of humanity, God always wanted to walk with us and be with us. And it says, the Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with an everlasting, uh, with an unfailing kindness. And so this is amazing, right? When you think about it for a moment. When you consider the cost, what was paid for us, uh, all the legwork, all the planning. And we think about Jesus in the garden when he asked the Father to remove the cup because he knew that the suffering would be horrible. And, uh, and he said, not my will, but your will be done. So when it comes to Good Friday, it reveals the love of God. And my prayer is that all of us, we would take a hold of that awesome love that God has for us. Secondly, Good Friday exposes the clash and the division that we have between God. There's a separation. There was a separation between humanity and God. There was a gap, a rift, that was between us and God. So when we look at Good Friday, it exposes that gap that man has with God. And, and, and there was this gap is called sin. There was a wall. There was a separation. And Jesus came to bridge uh, that gap through his own life, like I said earlier, and this is what John the Baptist said, this is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So, so this shows our need to be rescued, or need to be redeemed. So Jesus came to rescue us, to save us, to bring us back in a relationship with Father. I like what it says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. It says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, not twice, once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. So the, the, the work of Christ on, Cal, uh, on Calvary was to bring us to God. He was put to death in his body. He physically died, but made alive in the spirit. This is where it focuses on his resurrection. But you can see that he was the righteous that died for the unrighteous. And all this is to bring us to God. So like I said, there was a, a, a clash. There was this, this division between us and God. And Jesus is the gift that restores that relationships, that relationship. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, But God showed his great love for us. In this way, Christ died for us while we were still sinners. So the whole plan of, of the coming of the Messiah was to lay his life down so that we can be reconciled with the Father. All this is also linked to our free will. God is not imposing anything on us. Uh, God has planned uh, salvation, but it's up to us to say yes to God or, or we, we have this choice of saying yes to God or running to Him or we have the choice of walk, walking away or closing our heart or pretend 
pretend this is not the truth. And even in our free will, it's the Father that draws us to Him. And my prayer is, if you're listening and watching today, that you would realize how much God loves you and that how much you need to see God be that bridge. And if you're a believer and you're following Christ, remember what a blessing that it is. How blessed we are to be reconciled with the Father. So Good Friday exposes that separation, reminds us that we were separated uh, from God, that our works, whatever we do, it's not good enough. Because in God's holiness... God is asking holiness, and the only way that that could be fulfilled or, or, um, or met was by, by someone that would come that would be sinless, and that's the image of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. So Good Friday displays also the power of the cross. So when we celebrate, when we uh, remember this day, or we re- remember what happened 2,000 years ago, uh, we're reminded of the power of the cross, You know, the cross is this eternal sponge that sponges our sins away. I like that picture. It comes and it sponges our our sins away. It's like this this forgiveness, this towel that comes and takes our sins, that covers our sins, that wipes our sins away, where we're made pure and acceptable in the eyes of the Father. And that's what you find in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. It says, for God, made Christ, for God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. What an awesome picture, right? That Christ that had never sinned, that was pure, became an offering for our sin, so that we can be made right in the eyes of the Father. So Good Friday displays the power of the cross. The cross is able to do that. Unreal when you think about it. What Jesus fulfilled on the cross made this possible. At the same time, when it comes to the power of the cross, Jesus is the way maker. The power of the cross also means that we have a way to the Father, that the veil was torn, it's open, that I have access to God. I can draw close to God. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a co-heir with Christ, the, the, Paul says, uh, that I'm a son you, you are a son, you are a daughter of the Most High, that we are acceptable, that we are adopted into the household of God. It's such an awesome picture. Um, I like what it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. So let us come boldly or with assurance to the, th- the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive His mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. What a text, right? That we can approach God's, God's throne with boldness, with assurance. And this is what Jesus came to do. He came to remove the veil, the separation between us and Father. So he laid his, his, his life down, and this, this, this cross made a way for us to draw close to the Father. So this is where we can have a relationship with Him. This is where we... Daily we can connect with Him. We can talk to Him. It's like Adam and Eve when they walk in the garden. God restored that relationship. Jesus is called the second Adam, but He didn't fall. He went all the way. And because of His obedience to the cross, uh, we can experience the presence of God. It's so amazing, right, that after this, uh, when you'll break the bread, you can experience God's presence. Uh, 
when you're going to get up tomorrow morning and, and thank God for this day, uh, you can experience God's presence from, from the moment the veil was, was torn, man had access to the Father freely. Mm. So we want to we take advantage of that. We want to live that. So when we look at Good Friday, it, dis, it, dis, it displays the power of the cross. And that power brings wholeness to us. It heals us. It heals our wounds. It heals our hearts. So when we celebrate Good Friday, we're talking about the healing virtues of Christ to our hearts, to our bodies, to, to, to our lives where we experience wholeness. Just amazing. My prayer is that you would open up to the touch of God. Mm. That God would come in, in your home right now, in your living room, or in your kitchen, wherever you are, and minister to you. So we, we, can, experience, we can experience this amazing love this morning. You can experience that, this amazing love. My, my prayer is that you would open up to that uh, everlasting love that God has for you. Mm. That God has planned through history. To, to love on you and to, and to take you in his arms and to say, hey, son, daughter, I, I love you so much that I gave the best of heaven. That you would experience the power of the cross, that you would experience this eternal sponge that sponges your sins away, that takes your sins away, that you would experience the way maker that made a way for you to experience him on a personal level, that you would have your own story, that you would have your own encounter with God. You know, when I was preparing for this this, this morning, I, I didn't want to make it a, a traditional thing or just going through the motion. My prayer was that you would experience God in a personal way, that you would know that the longing of Father is to be in your home, to be in your life. And whatever is in the way, you can submit it to the Lord. Whatever is in your heart that you think that makes, us you, that makes you not worthy, sur surrender to the Lord. Re realize that. The cross deals with our guilt and our shame. It really does. If you feel shameful, if you feel guilty, if you're dealing with sin, you, you, you got to see that the Father has His arms wide open and He wants you to return home or He wants you to open up. He wants you to surrender. He wants to, to touch you. And, and it's so amazing when you think about that. And God is not a respecter of person. God doesn't love me more than He loves you. He's got His arms open for whoever for whoever, wherever you're at, just come to him. Realize that because of Christ, I have access to his throne. I can't close, I can get close to him. Mm, so that's the power of the cross. And you can also experience Yahweh Rapha, the God that heals. He wants to heal you. He, he wants to restore you. He wants to move in your life. So as we celebrate Good Friday, my prayer is that you would just let God in in your life, that you would experience the power of the resurrection. All this, all this history is to lead us to this point or this place where we would say yes to God. My prayer is that you would all say yes to God. And there's different levels of saying yes to God, right? Saying yes to God for the first time or saying yes to God for the hundredth time. Doesn't matter. Just say yes to God and let God in. At this point here, uh, I think Josue is around here. Hey, Josue, you want to come forward? Uh, I, I wanted my son to read Isaiah 53, verse 3, and uh, up to verse 7 or verse 8. And he's going to come beside me and, uh, and read uh, the prophetic, <coughs> prophetic word of Isaiah when it comes to the Messiah. Sounds good. 
He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Hmm. It's pretty amazing, right? He was despised and he, and, uh, he, he uh, willingly laid his life down uh, for us on the cross. So what we want to do at this point, we would like to take communion, and we're not in church, so we'll have to do it differently. We want to do it in, in, in an intimate way. And um, uh, what, I'm, what I'm going to do is I will ask you, or I will uh, ask you at one point to have communion, but be before you get around the table and you break the bread and you drink the juice, um, I, I just want to address uh, um, those that are alone this morning, maybe, maybe you're alone this morning. Maybe you're sitting in your living room alone. You don't have anybody to break the bread with or drink of the cup with. I just want to let you know that you're not alone. We're with you right now. We're thinking about you. And uh, most of all, God is with you, okay? That as you break the bread and you drink the juice, remember that <clears throat> God is all around you. And he wants, to, he wants to love on you, and he, and he, wants, to, uh, he wants you to experience his sweet, awesome presence, okay? So um, before you get together and you break the bread and you drink the juice, I invite you, as, uh, before you do that, to examine yourself. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you have anything, you, you, anything that you want to surrender to the Lord, it's a great time to do that. If you have people that you, ha you, you, you should forgive, you, you want to take the bread and you want to take the juice um, in, a, in a worthy manner. And the way to do that is to come before him and, and to, it's to lay everything at his feet. It says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive them. So I just invite you to be raw, to be real, to take a time at this point to say, God, hey, here I am. I surrender this to you. I give you this. And... and, and you might confess something that you've confessed a week ago. Just go ahead. Realize that God wants you to, to be transparent. He wants you to be real. God knows our humanity. God knows that we're broken in the flesh, that we need help. So don't hide. Don't pretend. Don't go through the motion. Don't play the game. Just be real. Let God in. And the only way God can come in is when we're real and, and transparent and vulnerable. So, so I invite you to do that. And before we go and uh, drink the juice and eat the bread, uh, I want to read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. And Paul is saying this, and he's talking to the Corinthians about how to take communion and how to, to break the bread and drink the wine. He says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. And he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. And drink it as often as, uh, do it in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes. And can I lead you in a prayer this, uh, this morning? Lord God, we thank you so much for um, the love that you've shown us through the cross. Father, we thank you for the plan that you've orchestrated for us to experience this awesome grace 
We thank you, Jesus, for laying your life down and for giving yourself fully, not holding back. You, you gave yourself fully to death, death on the cross. According to the Jews, it was a curse. You became a curse so that we would, we would experience freedom. We thank you so much. We want to give you glory and honor this morning. We want to turn our hearts to you. We want you to shine your light upon our lives. We want to experience, experience you in a, in a fresh way today, Lord. I pray that you would come and wash our sins away, that you would cleanse us of any wickedness, any sins that we would carry. And Lord, we, we turn our hearts fully. As you turned your heart fully to us, we turn our hearts to you. We thank you for the covenant found in your blood. And we know that we can't keep the end of our boarding, uh, the end of our, uh, of our bargain, or we can't, we, we, can't, we can't be faithful on our own. We need you. We need your, we need your grace. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for making this all possible. We pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit, that we would walk in the steps of Jesus, that we would be like Jesus. So have your way this morning in our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So at this point here, I would invite you to come around the table, come with your family, and to express, uh, to have communion the way you want, and to have it as a family. Uh, so at this point here, you won't hear me anymore. We'll have communion as a family, and we invite you to have a communion as a family. So take your time to pray, uh, to, to, to lead each other in prayer. Just take the time to enjoy this beautiful gift that God has given us, His Son. May we celebrate his death, and we also prepare ourselves to the fact that uh, hey, he, wants, he wants to be alive in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on the GMC podcast. For more info about what's going on this week, check out gmchurch.ca. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful week.